Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. You guys are really us. What number are we thinking of? 69, kids! Jokic. Here's Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh from DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio, part of the Dash Radio Network. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City. And if you haven't figured it out, this is the one and only Denver Nuggets dedicated show on Nothing But Net Radio. So for the next hour... Well, we're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. playing NBA 2K. <laughs> and maybe a couple of other things. Um, with us, our, our co-host this week is Mr. Daniel Lewis, DenverStiffs.com writer. Dan, what's going on surviving the rain in Virginia? Yeah, so I've moved out to Lynchburg, Virginia. But uh, that doesn't mean that I uh, can't stop covering the Nuggets. Because, you know, even, you know... Even though the season's not going on, uh, there's still some things to talk about. There is a couple things. Right off the top, before we dive into uh, the show, have you seen Muscle Watch 2018 Vlatko Chantra? Uh I mean, it's the background on my laptop, so <laughs> yeah, I've seen Vlatko Kantar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, got to check out Vlatko on Instagram. He, uh, Vlatko's looking good, man. He looks like, uh, he's, he looks um, like Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know? <laughs> right, right. Except for with, like, a really goofy-looking face on the front. <laughs> no, which, which, everybody knows I love Vlatko, but, um, he's just, you know, he, he looks like, what is he, 21, 20? Yeah, so that's about what he looks, so it's just kind of funny. I guess, yeah, I, I've noticed as I get older, you know, 20-year-olds look like, still look like kids to me, so. Uh, I mean, it, it's like this. It's like it looks like he came to summer league and like picked up all of Hito Turkoglu's steroids and brought it back from right. Europe. It's freaking cut, right? He's been. Uh, I I think yeah. He's probably just been consisting of a diet of protein powder, um, like quinoa, <laughs> so maybe some cod, some kale. Basically, we'll call it the three C's. The three C's to Creatine, success. Creatine, cod, and quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> Creatine, cod, quinoa. There you go. 
Oh, but yeah, Vlatko. Oh. Looking beastly, so that's that's how we're gonna start off this show. Uh, I, anyways, the the rest of the show we've got, um, well, we've we've got we've got us uh, kind of stretch some some content here. So the biggest the biggest story this week was Michael Porter Jr. Uh, randomly inviting people off of Twitter to come to his apartment and play him in uh, NBA Two K, and pretty much he dominated, including taking one kid's. $800 pair of Jordans that he got for his high school graduation. Uh, Porter did say he's going to contribute a pair of Pumas to the unfortunate loser of that match. So not all bad things, but just a really weird, kind of a weird story. So uh, why not? Why, there, there's really nothing better to talk about this uh, at this point in August 4th of the uh, year where there's really no preseason or off-season left to discuss so we'll get into that uh and then we, we we've been looking forward already to the season the past couple of shows we'll keep doing that i want to make some predictions i want to know who's going to be the nuggets most improved player i want to know how far the nuggets are going to go in the playoffs and i want to know if there was one member of the organization who you didn't think was going to be with the team next season who would it be and then finally we do this we do this about once a year we 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 take some time in the show to actually talk about something not really Nuggets related, but more just kind of talk about what we do here at Denver Stiffs. And I thought it was interesting. I've seen some comments over the past, well, I mean, since I started writing at Denver Stiffs, honestly. But uh, some comments about, you know, how sometimes they think people think the media outlets are biased or that they're not overly critical, which I, who better to have on, on the show than Dan Lewis to talk about whether or not uh, we're overly critical. <laughs> Um, but so I thought that might be an interesting discussion as well. So if we, we'll get some time towards the end of the show, we will, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Well, let's start off with Michael Porter Jr. Video game aficionado. Apparently he, uh, he's been, he's been taking some people down from what I can see on, on Twitter. Um, most basically he's been having a really weird. He sent out a random invitation, you know, anybody in Denver who wants to play some NBA 2K with some, you know, with some cash on the line hit him up and and he wasn't lying and, and he actually had people come over to his apartment and play him and lose him and like i said uh, one kid lost his 800 dollars pair of jordans so uh dan i mean like how strange is this like how weird is this for an nba player uh to do this um i i think it it's pretty bizarre um the thing that is most bizarre to me isn't that he's playing nba 2k with you know with random strangers or, you know, with, with Nuggets fans, anybody that lives in Denver, um, you, you know, I, I've been able to play video games online with NBA players before. <laughs> uh, you just need to find out their gamer tag and, uh, you can invite them to play with you on Xbox live or different things like that. Um, and the Nuggets have a lot of gamers. Um, I know Michael Beasley games a lot, Tyler Lydon games a lot, Jamal Murray, um, the Joker himself. Yeah, Nikola Jokic plays. Um, so it's it's not random that they're playing video games, but just but letting people in, like into your house. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, you you work in construction as do I, and um, I, I worked on a building one time where an NBA a Nuggets player lived, and that was like like a state secret. Like they were terrified of like <laughs> finding out that or right. like letting that knowledge become public that they lived there you know just for random fans you know 
Right, just to show um, up. And... But, you know, you know, Michael Porter Jr. just seems like he uh, is a young guy that hasn't learned what it's like to be have have a private residence, and uh, he just wants to hang out with people. So he's just being a kid, it seems like. Right. Yeah. It seems, I mean, there, it seems a bit reckless when, when, when I think about it, like I, yeah, I would definitely never invite strangers off the internet to come to my house. Like no way. What if, that's, what that if they bring a, such a bad what idea. If they bring a 3d printed gun into their house, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. These are, these are real problems. And, and uh, I, I, uh, I have no money. I'm in blogging. Like, <laughs> so why would anybody want to come into my house anyways? But Michael Porter Jr. is a millionaire. That's like, it seems like you're just setting yourself up for a bad situation by just, it, man, there's, there's scummy people on the internet. There just really is. They're all over the place. So, Ooh, I don't know. I, that's the thing is that, yeah, that I agree with you. That's the strange part of it. Or that's the, the questionable part of it. Uh, to me, I honestly, the rest of the stuff, like, yeah, I mean, I, Hey, I play NBA 2k. I was playing it right before I came here on the show. So, uh, I'm not going to challenge Michael Porter jr. Cause I don't think I'm actually that good, but, um, you know, I mean, like that's, that's cool. If, if he wants to, uh, you know, play people, but that what kind of like what you said, like, why wouldn't you just do that online rather than, uh, rather than, at, uh, have people come to your house. And the only reason is, is because. Well, you're not just playing for fun, are you? You're playing for a little, uh, a little cash, which is, I guess it's not technically illegal, right? Because it's not, it's a, no, it's, it's a, not really gambling. It's a wager between two individuals. It's not gambling. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not a game of chance. So, um, still, <laughs> right. Just, I mean, that's that. I guess that's the other element to it. He's like, man, like that's the other thing. Like, like, dude, you you just signed like a multi million dollar contract. You really need to play people for like a for for a bill, you know, to just see if if you can make it. That that you you look at that and you wonder about that because it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just. It, I mean, it's all kind of harmless fun, I guess. In the end, uh, even the, even the kid who loses his eight dollar eight hundred dollar Jordans, like, you probably shouldn't have put your eight hundred dollar pair of Jordans on the line. Right. Uh, if you didn't want to lose them, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's, it's, it's crazy too. I mean, this is how slow things have kind of been, but like we published a story the same day that he did his NBA 2k thing where he gave his mom a brand new car. Like right. obviously he has money that he's willing to spend on other people. So he's out here buying brand new cars, but at the same time, turning around and taking a pair of $800 Jordans from some guy in NBA 2K, like it's it just thought, it's it's like such a teenager thing to do in my mind. <laughs> right. I feel like such an old man <laughs> saying that, just being like these damn kids and their video games. <laughs> they, and their video games. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a it's just a, it's a weird story, but I appreciate it. I appreciate MPJ giving us some giving us some content here. So. All right, Dan. Let me. I want to ask you this: you, uh, you are in Michael Porter Jr.'s apartment. He has challenged you for a hundred dollars or your eight hundred dollar pair of Jordans, if you have one. Um, what team are you picking, and how are you going to beat Michael Porter Jr. in NBA Two K? Well, you know, if uh, if you want to slay a Goliath, you need a David, and so <laughs> I'd be playing as the Dallas Mavericks, and I. Is the Dallas Mavericks? Because <laughs> oh. NBA history, 
you know, we know that uh, if if you want to beat somebody that doesn't seem like you, they can be beaten, you just need to put J.J. Perret and Dirk Nowitzki on the floor, <laughs> and it's game over for the other guy. That's <laughs> right. That is right, yes. Diminutive J.J. Perret. Oh. Is there, like, a person with a more punchable face <laughs> in the in the entire NBA? Other than Vlaco? No. <laughs> uh, I'm not punching Vlaco, man. There's no way. Like, that guy. Oh, that guy looks like he's a UFC fighter. Maybe Goran Trotchik? The... Gor... Yeah, Goran's got a pretty... He's got that big old nose, man. And it's just sticking out there. And you're like, Plus, oh. you know he can take a punch. Boban. So it's just like, I'm just going to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> right right uh the or, or are you gonna do the mellow style you know where, the, where you, you right. throw a punch and then you start running backwards the hold me back also the hold me back as uh jalen rose calls it <laughs> <laughs> uh exactly all right so i would um if i was gonna be playing michael porter jack I, I would use the nuggets why would you not use the denver nuggets that's the uh that's the team to go with and here's the thing like that, that I've learned in 2K, like, you can use, you can, if you've got the Nuggets, you can use Jokic as, like, your main focal point of your offense, and, like, you know, no matter how good the person you're playing is at playing defense, they're, they're focused on you as Jokic, like, it's still the stupid computer who's defending all the guys off ball. He's just pretty much conditioned to whoever, whoever cuts in is open. It, uh, that, that would be my strategy. Now, on, on, on defense, I'm terrible, so there, there'd be no hope. Like, I'd have to win you know, 140 <laughs> to 135 or something. Like kind of like the real life nuggets then, huh? Yes. Yes, exactly. That's, that's why that's, uh, you know, I go, I just go with the flow. I'm very, I'm very, uh, Paul Westhead with my, with my style there. Um, in 2k. All right. Um, so let's talk about this then, Dan, like you mentioned, there's quite a few guys who play, uh, play, play, or play some games on the. Which why wouldn't you? If you're gonna, if you're gonna be a uh, basketball player or a professional athlete, and you're on the road as much as they are, man, what else are you gonna do? So, read a who, book. who do you think on the nu- <laughs> read a book? <laughs> this is what again. You are old. God, <laughs> read a book. What is this? The 1960s. Listening to an NPR pa- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just go. Out on the old tire swing <laughs> and enjoy the outdoors. Sweaters <laughs> <laughs> for warm-ups. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Uh, okay, there there are multiple activities you could do. I agree, uh, but I probably would would just rather play some two K instead. <laughs> um, which 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 guy do you got on the Nuggets? If you got to pick one guy on the Nuggets to beat Michael Porter Jr. in a game of two K, who are you taking? Oh man, it's. Uh... Easy choice. It's Tyler Lydon. Tyler Lydon. Like, you know, he had that knee injury for six months. He couldn't really play basketball. So, right. Uh, you know. Got to do something. He's got that good basketball IQ, too. It, you know, he he was on the national team growing up and played at Syracuse and our Jim Baham. So, you know, he knows basketball. You know, he knows how to play video games. Like, hook me up with Tyler Lydon. Tyler Lydon, that's an interesting choice. One I would have not thought. Um, I'm taking the big man, man. I'm taking Nikola Jokic. Like we've seen him, we've seen him dominate Cody Wise, uh, one of the PR, members of Nuggets PR team. On uh, we saw him get dominated on FIFA by by the Joker. We know, we know he had he had Call of Duty right on the on release night, if I remember right. Got it right there in the locker room after the game. Um, so. 
I think Jokic is uh, probably a pretty good gamer, you know, and he's got he's got two brothers who are obviously super competitive. So, you know, that's that's how it always happens. Like there's always that one kid in the family who ends up getting really usually the big brother. He ends up getting really good at at video games because he just dominates his little brothers for uh, for, you know, years on end. So I bet you I bet you, you know, maybe if you get one of Jokic's brothers to play Michael Porter Jr., that would be the that would be. Plus, worthwhile yeah, that, television. That might actually work because then if, if if they're down in the fourth quarter, they just threaten to beat him up if they lose. <laughs> right. right, that's the saying. Like this would be must see TV. <laughs> All right, we got a pitch. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to start talking. See who who do we who do we talk to to get make this happen? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Dan's like I'm in Virginia, man. This is, this is not my area. Uh, of expertise. All right. Well, let's let's move on from the from the Michael Porter Jr. 2K story. Weird as it is, and it's it's time. Let's let's do some way way early predictions for for the next season because it is uh no well, it is it's as good thing to do as anything. And I think probably the most because you we could ask okay who's going to be the Nuggets MVP next season. And I think me and Dana Brown both going to agree. I mean, Dana, I'm guessing you're going to say Nikola Jokic, right? Yeah. Or Paul Millsap. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I, I, I th- the dark horse pick in there, I think is Isaiah Thomas. But uh, really, it's it's going to be Nikola Jokic. So that 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 I think is less less interesting. But what about this? What about most improved player for the Nuggets next season? Who do you think that would be? <sighs> most improved. Um, I'm hoping that it's actually Will Barton. Nice. That's not a bad pick, actually. Um, just because, even though like, Will Will's obviously put a lot of work into his game, he's a six man of the year candidate last year. I just think that he's going to be putting in a lot of work this offseason into becoming a better defender and just a better. I mean, he's obviously he's a great offensive player, and he's very very talented slashing to the rim. But just learning how to like shoot from the perimeter, um, be a part of the offense as a small forward, you know, incorporate his off off the ball game, running off of screens. I think that there's some there's a lot of room for him to grow in that area. And he seems like he's he's just so committed to the organization and to being the best basketball player possible. Um I, I feel like he's gonna be able to be able to put in the work to to improve in the offseason the most. That's a, that, I, it's not a, a guy I would have thought about, but I, I like that pick. You're right. Because, I mean, look, Will Barton's, a, even though he's going to become a starter, he's probably going to still end up with about the same amount of minutes uh, because he played a ton of minutes last season. But the the thing about it, in fact, I think he played more than anybody on the Nuggets. Yeah, he played the most minutes. Season, but, but the thing about it is, is now he becomes a starter, and so he becomes, it, it's more of a, I think it's just going to be, he's going to be playing with better players around him. He's going to get more minutes with Jokic. So like you said, that's a great point, that he's going to, you know, if he can develop his off-ball game more. Because we know we know Will Barton is, is very dangerous with the ball in his hands. He's probably, right now, because you don't know how healthy Michael Porter Jr. is, uh, or really Isaiah Thomas, where he's at in, in terms of coming back. Right now, you'd probably say Will Barton is the best 
isolation or one-on-one player that the Nuggets have. So he's got that, and he'll always have that, and they'll need that, especially when Jokic is off the floor. But now that he gets, he'll have more minutes with Jokic, have more minutes with a guy like Paul Millsap, uh, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. I mean, there's going to be scorers all around him as well. So he's going to have to learn how to be, uh, like you said, more kind of a, a part of the team, and, and, and making that adjustment to small forward will be a little bit interesting on the defensive side because he's going to have to probably play most nights as the undersized in his matchup, which means, you know, a lot. one thing he's, you hope he's doing is putting in a lot of work on his body just because he, he's probably a guy who needs to really, you know, kind of try and beef up as much as he can to be able to right. handle, handle the season. And, like, his role changed so many times last season um, between being, like, the backup point guard, being a backup small shooting guard. But, like, this season he's the starting small forward. And so hopefully he's working on his conditioning because he's not going to be able to take plays off anymore on defense. Like He's going to have to be an active defender. And right. the way that you can take plays off on offense, and if, you, if your defensive load is heavier, is just by being off ball. You know, And you may have to be running around screens, but at least you're not having to, to create that separation. And when he's on the court with Millsap and Jokic, those are two bigs who are good at screening, good at passing, They've got good vision, or in Jokic's case, great vision. You know, Murray can have the ball. Uh, I think it would be nice to see Harris create, be more of a playmaker as well with the ball in his hands. But, you know, we, we know Will Barton is great at getting to the rim. But if he can get, you know, that head start of being off ball and catching the ball on the move, um, adding that to his game would make him a, a really, really dangerous offensive player. And if you have him out there with Jokic... And Harris and Murray and Millsap, all who are plus offensive players, like the Nuggets could have a really, really great offense. So I think I think Barton could be, you know, one of one of the like, three best players on the team. Wow, three best players. That is an interesting. Uh, well, that's an interesting prediction. It's not, but yeah, I could see it. I mean, he's he's certainly got the potential. You're kind of wondering, really. You you figure that Jokic and Millsap. Or your 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 top two players on your team, or or at least two of those three, but that that third best player on the team is is sort of up for grabs. And and you're right, Barton is definitely one of those guys, and he's going to have the opportunity. And the other nice thing about it for him too is, last year and well, really, since I mean, basically since Nikola Jokic has been uh, has come come to the NBA, uh, and the Nuggets have entered him in the system. So since December fifteenth, two seasons ago. Whenever Jokic is off the floor, Will Barton has kind of been the only guy for them to go to. He's been their whole focal point of their offense. They haven't had anybody else really who can initiate offense. I mean, Jameer Nelson did a little bit, but wasn't wasn't the effective playmaker that, that Will is. Now they have Isaiah Thomas, though, so they don't really need him to lean or lean on him as much as as on the on-ball uh, offense or as the the playmaker when Jokic is on on the bench. That that probably actually will become Isaiah Thomas. You know, you kind of figure Isaiah Thomas is going to take a lot of the Will Barton role from last season. So it, that it's going to be an interesting uh, one to watch. Absolutely, is is what he does with that starting role? Because you're right, it's going to be a little bit different, but it should be consistent now as well. So. It's going to be, um, there's definitely some potential there. I, like I said, I like that pick. My pick was going to be Jamal Murray, just because I think I think Jamal Murray is primed to step up and become the that third best player on the team, just like you think it might be Will Barton, because 
we've seen we've seen some steady progression from year one to year two from Jamal, and you know some of that is just the fact that he wasn't playing with two sports hernias. But uh, when you look at one thing, you look at with with Murray is is his shooting, both from the you know in terms of free throw shooting. Uh, and, and just from the field is, is has been really stellar. But both his rookie season and his sophomore season, he started off really slow behind the arc, and then came on as the season progressed. You, I wonder to me, which is weird because I think I think Jamal is actually one of the most mentally tough guys on the team. But it, it almost seems like he's always psyching himself out early in the season, or he's one of those guys like who has to get into that rhythm as as the games go on, get into the rhythm of the season, and then he's fine. So I'm thinking now in his third season he's got to be fairly used to you know making that transition from off season to preseason to regular season and and i expect him to not have that early season dip and i think if he could do that and then just continue his improvement which which we i i believe we will see then then he's going to be a guy who you know borderline might even get a like a, a slight consideration for for the all-star game but not you know not really like he'll probably maybe get like the skills challenge invite or something like that you know, but I he I think Jamal is a guy that not only can be the most improved player for the Denver Nuggets. I think if I were going to make my prediction right now, I'd say he's the guy I would be picking to win most improved player uh, in the entire NBA because I really do think he's got that potential to make that jump this season. But it's a matter of will he actually do it. You know, it's certainly not guaranteed. Hmm. All right, that's a good pick. I mean, as the starting point guard, he's definitely going to have his fair share of opportunity. Um, but uh, you know, part of, I, I just think part of his impact might be not as noticeable just because, um, he's a player that doesn't need the ball in his hands to be successful. And, right. you know, with the offense going through Jokic, you know, and, and with Barton in the starting lineup and with Thomas coming off the bench, like, I just feel like he's definitely going to have his fair share of opportunities to have, to create plays. Um, but his, you know, his usage in that area might not be, you know, as as uh, big of an increase as you're as you're thinking. That is true. That is very. That, that is a good point. It's. It, I don't know though. I mean, I just. It's just because I'm, I'm a big, big. Just I, I stand for Jamal Murray. I guess is what it really comes down to. <laughs> plus, plus, so. you know, Malone's going to call plays for Millsap. And uh, post ops for Pumley. So <laughs> there goes plays for for Murray while he's out there on the court. He might also have a few corner threes to draw up for Nicole Jokic. So that's going to be. But those are that's where he can get assists, right? You know, he can. Uh, this is like he, he, Jamal Murray can be the Stockton to Paul Millsap's Carl Malone. So there's uh, there's hope we can even if they go full nineties ball. Um, all right, I'll tell you what, let's, let's go ahead, let's hit the break. It's right about time to hit a break. And then uh, after we get back, let's. I want to keep going on predictions. I want to talk about how far the Nuggets are going to get into the playoffs and uh, a member of the organization who they don't, who we think might not be uh, with the team after next season. And then finally, I think we'll wrap up the show talking talking a little bit about just kind of kind of what we do here at Stiffs and, and writing, about, writing about the Nuggets. So we're going to hit the break and be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. 
The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. I'm from the east side of America, where we choose pride of a character. And we can pick sides, but this is us, this is us, this is. I live on the west side of America. Where they spin lies into fairy dust. And we All right, everybody, welcome sides. back into this the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh, Dan Lewis, we're from denverstiss.com. Spent the first half of our show talking about Michael Porter Jr. playing NBA 2K against random people off the internet. And then uh, also talked about who we think the Nuggets' most improved player next season might be. Let's keep the predictions rolling. This one more of a team rather than an individual prediction. But, Dan, let me ask you this. Uh, first of all, I guess, do you think the Nuggets are going to make the playoffs? And then if they do, how far do you think they can make it? I do think that the Nuggets will make the playoffs. Um, you know, people, it's been said several times before, but they missed Millsap for basically half the season last year, and they missed the right. playoffs by one game. Um, they also were without Gary Harris for a key stretch down late in the season. Um, and it was Jamal Murray's first year as the starting point guard, you know, and second year as in the NBA. So I think just internal improvement plus, you know, the increased odds of having better health, I think the Nuggets will be a playoff team. I do not think that they will have home court advantage in round one. Mm-hmm. And... Thus, I do not see them advancing past the first round of the playoffs. Ouch. Well, actually, though, you know, I think I think most people will take that. I think if the Nuggets got to the first, just get to the playoffs and and like don't get swept, right? I mean, if if you squeak in as like an eight seed and then just get swept by the Warriors or something like that, then that might still be pretty you know pretty anticlimactic for the end of the season. But even if the, if the Nuggets were like a six seed and end up playing six games. In, in a first-round series and then end up losing it, you know, something like that. I think I think a lot of people would take that as just another sign of improvement for for the team because you're right now, I mean, not only did they only miss the game, the playoffs last year by one game, uh, they, they missed it by one play, right? Like, uh, if they just don't, if Jokic doesn't get the ball stolen from him on that final inbounds in, in regulation and in scores instead, then it's game over and the Nuggets are going to the playoffs. So they were right there and they did that with, like we said, with I mean, Paul Millsap, one of their three best players on the team. 
they did that like you said without him for for basically half the season and so they, there's certainly some uh some gains to be had there i would think and then and then with the the internal improvement i mean i said i think jamal murray is gonna be the most improved player in the entire nba so if that happens then they would almost you would think that they just as long as they're healthy you know nothing happens to Jokic. can we basically can we take a moment too to just recognize like how terrible of a play call that was for the last possession <laughs> you know just to oh like my God. inbounds at the Jokic and hope he does something like compare that with the ending of the oklahoma city game where they actually ran a play and yeah like i think it was wilson chandler like leveled russell westbrook with a screen but like they actually ran like a coherent play to get someone a shot <laughs> you know what's the you know what's the really you know what's the really aggravating part about that uh just a couple games prior to that when they were playing milwaukee they ran that same play not the oklahoma city one they ran the same play that they ran against minnesota at the end of the game and that time Jokic fumbled the ball out of bounds and if it wasn't for jamal murray making that crazy steal and and then you know icing the getting completing what it was a probably the most incredible comeback of the of the season they would have lost that game too so it's the exact same play in a like crucial moment of a of a crucial game and both times they couldn't even get a shot up it was yeah so i mm, yeah. <laughs> it was uh I, it was a disappointing play call we'll just say that but it is what it is that that is that is long gone so who do you dan who would you think would be be the Nuggets. Do you have an idea who they might play in the first round, or is it just kind of a crapshoot? Um, well, like I said, I don't think they're going to get home court, but I don't think that they're going to be the eight seed. Um, I, I could see him landing like the five, six, or seven seed, and I actually wouldn't be too surprised to see them play some a team like San Antonio. Um, really? As like a, a four or five matchup. Um, if it's a like three six matchup, I could see us playing Portland, um, or the Jazz. Um, I I would really like to see the Nuggets play a Northwest Division team, though. I think that would make right. it a really exciting first round, and just really kind of stoke some of the rivalries that we have, especially with the uh, the team that's located in Oregon. Um, I think that would be a great right. seven game series. Um, with with the former Nuggets player that plays at center for them, and <laughs> and Nikola Jokic. Uh, yeah, that you're right. That would that would. I mean, and there's no better team than Portland, right? To to stoke that rivalry with. I think another good one would be Minnesota as well. If they got if they got Minnesota in the in the first round, that could be like a four or five matchup. I think as well. They're actually I, they're actually the team I think is going to miss the playoffs next season. It's gonna be, and that's okay. So I was gonna say, just say that I was like, but I also wonder if Minnesota might be a team that actually misses out because. So my reasoning is, I think they could have a pretty dysfunctional year because it sounds like one of their best players doesn't want to be there, you know, and that's gonna make it hard on them. Yeah, is it, that what your thinking is? Or well, I I think we all just assume that because they have Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and that's Andrew it <laughs> uh, <laughs> that they're gonna make the playoffs again. But like, they, they're not a very deep team. They, they kind of lack outside shooting. Um, I just don't, they just don't seem to have the strategy and pieces to execute the strategy that they want to, that the wants to run. I don't think they have the horses for that kind of a, 
style of play. So it's a coach that wants to play defense, an offense, a, a roster that can't play defense, a coach that struggles with offense, and an offensively struggled roster outside of Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. You know, and Towns is he can kind of disappear in games. You know, like where he, mm-hmm. games where he's only taken like five or six shots. You know, going into the fourth quarter, and so I think in a in a in a conference where now you have to worry about LeBron James and the Lakers, uh, I, I think that the Timberwolves are actually going to be the team that misses out on the playoffs. I could, I mean, like I said, I, I think yeah, there's um, there's certainly a chance, especially because Jimmy Butler seems like he's not happy, and so you wonder if that they they could very well end up trading him, you know, and and kind of almost blowing it up and trying to re do a rebuild on the fly again around Carl Anthony Towns. Well, and like, see if you I can think, get anybody to take that Wiggins contract. I think though. Taj Gibson like led them in minutes last season played like at some point he's going to get injured, you know, having played right. all these minutes for Thibodeau throughout his career. And so you're like their postseason hopes basically rely on them being like, you know, we really need Jeff Teague to step up and win some games for us. You know, like, <laughs> If that's where your franchise is at, especially in a Western Conference where it, it got even harder to make the playoffs, like I, I think Memphis is going to be really good. I think San that's, yeah, that's be good. Like, I think the Lakers are going to be like around 500 all season, if not a little bit better, just because of LeBron. And right. uh, I, I, I think Minnesota could, you know, they they might go on like an eight game losing streak, and Thibodeau just. Is riding his guys like thirty-eight to forty minutes a game during that, and they're just like, they just quit on everybody outside of Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson. They just quit on their coach. Right. Well, and don't forget Derrick Rose. Oh, right. That, right. That's well, the secret weapon of Minnesota. Uh, he's well, right. if he could read, if he could read the box score, he'd realize they were losing. So <laughs> then he, then then he might quit too. <laughs> Ice cold from Dan. Um, <laughs> So uh no no way off track there. <laughs> I uh I actually <laughs> I, I I um I agree the Nuggets will make the playoffs, I think. Boy, it would be a massive failure if they didn't. It's gonna be tough though. There's a lot of competition. Like you said, I mentioned the Grizzlies. I think a lot of people overlook that team because they were so bad last season, but you get Mike Connolly back and and you get Mark Gasol uh with some buy in now, and you got now you got Kyle Anderson as well. Um there's a lot to like. I mean, I don't know what you get out of Chandler Parsons, but there's there's the, there's a lot to like. I think about that Memphis squad that they could make them an interesting kind of dark horse playoffs candidate. And then of course with I mean LeBron and the Lakers, it's I, I know I kind of get what the Lakers are doing in terms of the way they're building their team. It looks like they're like, all right, we're going to take LeBron, and then we're going to play take a bunch of guys who just like they don't really they, they they might play you in basketball, they might like beat you up. Like that's that I think that's their plan is they're going to basically play they're going to building a team who could be as physical as possible with the Warriors. That's the only way I could justify it in my head. Um, Lance Stevenson might tie your shoelaces together on the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like three stooges got out of Javel McGee might flick you in the back of the head. No, I. But I think that. But I. So I don't think the Lakers have enough to be like a, a team who gets home court advantage in the in the Western Conference. But I do think that they've got enough on, like you said, on LeBron's back alone to make the playoffs. So I. I don't think it's guaranteed the Nuggets get in there, but I would expect them to. I would expect 
with like what we've been talking about internal improvement and and having Paul Millsap all year hopefully you know that that's obviously what it would just come down to is health if they're healthy then they should be a team who potentially should not be you know fighting for a playoff spot which should be fighting for a home court advantage in a first round series of the playoffs that's that's kind of where I think they'll land and I think they land somewhere between the 4 and the 6 seed maybe if they you know if everything fell right they might get like a 3 seed which which would be phenomenal, which would be a great uh, a great step forward for the team, and, and if that's the case, I think there's there's certainly a chance they could win a first round playoff series. It's tough to do for them, I think, because they're going to have so many guys that they're relying on that that have never been uh, in the playoffs specifically. I mean, you think about Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Nikola Jokic. That's your that's your core. That's your your main trio, and those three guys uh, have never played a playoff game yet. So that that part could make it tough for them to get in, out of the first round, depending on, you know, who they play. Like, for example, if they got a four seed and home court advantage, but they had to play the Spurs, I mean, Ugh. the Spurs are, are, are a playoff-ready team, you know. Yeah. And, and Greg Popovich coaching coaching against Michael Malone, that's advantage Spurs. So, you know, that that would be tough. But if at the same time, if you get a team like a, a Minnesota or if you get a team like a New Orleans or, or, or a Portland or even, you know, even though Portland does have some quite a bit of playoff experience um, – well, I think you, you could have a chance. In that situation, man, how great would it be to see Isaiah Thomas and Damian Lillard exchanging buckets down the fourth quarter? <laughs> Neither of them that can guard be, each it other. That would be epic. <laughs> but <laughs> like that, that would be a great, you know, game five. Uh, where would that be? Game five in Portland. You know, Isaiah Thomas trying to silence the crowd with these, you know, with bucket after bucket, three pointer driving to the lane, you know, and then getting subbed out with three minutes <laughs> for Jamal Murray. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, that would be you no, know, no, no. That's not how it would go. It would be we would just play, you know, Jokic, Murray, Barton, Thomas, and Harris. Nice. Go with that lineup. <laughs> That will that will do the trick for for him in that case. But uh, it just would be. I, I'm just I'm hopeful that they get in, man. Because like you said, there's and the fun part about it is there's so many different Northwest Division teams that they could end up playing. I mean, they're they're all all you could end up playing any one of them. They're all going to be fighting for a playoff spot again. You would expect this season, and we'll be right in that mix. Because that's the other interesting thing about the playoffs again this year is I think. I mean, you know, you know, Golden State's likely to be the one seed or the two seed. Uh, you got to believe. I would believe that Houston, Houston, I don't think is any better than they were last season, but I don't think they're a ton worse. I mean, taking Melo instead of uh, what? Who did they have? Aminu and who else did they lose? No, Al Farouk Aminu plays for the Trailblazers. They lost uh, Luke Richard, Mabah Mute, and Trevor yeah, Ariza. And and Ariza, okay, yeah, I knew it was one of those guys who had a multiple, yep, yep, yep. multiple names. But um, so you lose those two guys and you get Melo in, in exchange. Mm, it's not the, it's not ideal. But the the big thing is they got Clint Capella signed to a to a long term deal. If you had if you had had Clint Capella playing. Uh, on a qualifying offer next season, then I would be more inclined to believe that I think Houston's going to fall off. But I think those top two seeds are pretty locked in. I really think Utah is probably going to get that number three seed if, if they're healthy. You get uh, Donovan Mitchell now as a sophomore, uh, Rudy Gobert, a full year of his health, and, and the rest of that team and the way they're built, 
is is I think I think they're just built really well. So those two three teams I think might break away. But then after that, I mean four through what ten, you could you could see being within a couple games of each other. Just like last year, it was three three through ten. You know what I mean? So yeah. Just as easily, the Nuggets could the Nuggets could be a a four seed, or they could they could be out of the playoffs. I think it's gonna be it could be that close again. All right, let, before we move on to the final discussion here, um, Dan, I, I think I might know where you go here, but um, if you thought one person who's gonna be any member of the Nuggets organization, player, coach, front office member, um, if you had to pick one player person after this season who would no longer be on the team, who would you pick? Uh, I mean, the easy choice is uh, Isaiah Thomas because he's on a one-year contract. <laughs> but right. I that's that's cheating. That's taking the easy path, and I don't do that in life. Uh, I'm not Kevin Durant. So um, boom, I'm gonna go with uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Is who Ooh, all right? I'm gonna say is one member of the organization who won't be with the Nuggets after the season's over. Um, I I just think. They're a combination of, you know, poor health, which is unfortunate. It's not really something that, I mean, it's kind of something he could control, but not entirely in his control. Um, and then the Nuggets just continuing to draft guys that are the exact same height almost and archetype that he is. I just feel like he's a player that the Nuggets could try to move at the trade deadline um, to try to you know, added in another wing, um, especially if he's not able to defend like they're hoping, which isn't really his game. You're, you know, you're asking a horse to be a donkey, you know, but uh, I I could see him being a guy that gets traded to a new team to get a new, you know, a, a kind of like a Trey Lyles situation. Like, let's see how you do with this different team in a different situation. And who knows, you might thrive. Right. Right. That's yeah, exactly. It's a guy who's just or, or a Will Barton situation, a guy who just is buried on a roster and there's there's just no playing time. And no matter what, eventually a guy's got to get playing time if he's going to make it in the NBA. That's just how it works. So that's a, that's a, that's an interesting pick. And I think you could I mean, you can make the exact same case for Malik Beasley. Right. He's another guy who's seems to be somewhat buried, but he's not quite as buried as, as Wancho is, which is the interesting thing. In fact, there's guys behind Wancho, uh, a.k.a. the Hulk, a.k.a. Vladko Chanchar, <laughs> who, who are coming up behind him, um, you know, and, and could be pushing pushing him out as well. So there's it's just it's it's not a bad choice at all. You, you kind of see him being the guy that gets gets just squeezed out. Well, I mean, definitely. like the, the organization probably wants to play Michael Porter Jr. over Poncho, right? Like, right, right. If you're going to be playing a tall, offensively gifted, small forward, like if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, Poncho, you're going to be playing him Poncho. over Poncho. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. That's that's a, that's a very good point as well. So, and then you've got. Um, got any number of you know you got Tyler Lydon as well in there you've still got Trey Lyles I mean you got, yeah you got tons of guys who kind of play that that rangy 3-4 uh, position that's not a bad pick at all I will I will argue this with you Dan I would not say Isaiah Thomas is the easy choice uh, the easy choice is an assistant coach right because we know like every oh, single oh. season one of them is going to leave Jordy so, no. <laughs> Right. The only is the only question is: Is Jordy going to be Jordy Fernandez, or is it going to be Wes Unsell Jr.? But uh, that's um, 
No, that the, the joke aside, you know, it's uh, I th- so the guy you obviously think that 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 people might want to go to is Michael Malone, right? But we both agree that that Michael or that the Nuggets are going to make the playoffs. That they're probably not going to be an eight seed. That they're going to be a little bit higher than that. If they do that, it's hard to fire the coach because again, that's okay. That that kind of kind of continued uh, line of progression. So. Honestly, if, if 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 for him, they would either have to miss the playoffs, or if they were going to make the playoffs, and somehow he'd have to lose his job. It had to be something crazy where they started off really slow, so the organization let him go, and then they kind of back all uh you know like two thousand four, two thousand five, when when Jeff Budzelik started off really slow, uh, got fired pretty early in the season, and then George Carl when he came in. Uh, got the team on like this crazy run and then they ended up making the playoffs after all that that's kind of the only scenario i could see where that happens where like michael malone wouldn't be wouldn't be back next year but i think i think he's probably well on his way as long as especially if the nuggets make the playoffs that he'll be you know well, and then he'll be getting an extension and uh, probably earn himself a few more years with the organization i don't know though it, it's tough i mean it's tough to kind of pick someone um one guy I kind of thought about for this would be Arturis Karnasovas, not for any bad reasons, but uh, just because, you know, if, if if Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Nikola Jokic continue to improve and continue to be really, really solid players and suddenly the Nuggets are, you know, contending for home court advantage, I think there's going to be teams that are going to look at him, at Arturis, and say, hey, here's a guy, you know, especially if, if, my, if, if Isaiah Thomas pans out and imagine if Michael Porter Jr. actually ended up playing, you know, playing some and, and contributing in all this season. Uh, you would, a lot of teams, I think, are going to look at Arturis and think, hey, there's a guy who, you know, who not only can can scout uh, here in the NBA and, and be a GM, but can also, you know, help scout internationally and has obviously has a great team with him and probably could bring over some talented guys as well. So that was one I was thinking, uh, another guy who might, might not be back, um, next season, just on the, on the, on the positive side, you know, if you got a promotion. <sighs> All right. Well, we got, man, we only got like eight minutes for this. I really don't want to do this segment with only eight minutes. Oh, we got time. We got time. We got time. Okay. All right. So we're going to close it out because this is, so this came up on Twitter again and it always, it always comes up like once every, every couple months or so, right? Somebody says, Oh, you know, the, the Denver Sifts, uh, are, are, they're never critical of the organization. I remember you know, a couple times I've been called, you know, that I, that I'm, you know, shill for the organization or whatever that I'm, you know, pushing in the, their narrative, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just kind of a. I always laugh about it because the, the number one thing um, that or the, that I think that maybe people miss about it is, especially about us specifically, is we're not. You know, we're not like a, a bunch of hardcore journalists who moved here to Denver because we got a job on a, on a Nuggets beat. You know, we're we're all people who've been been following the Nuggets our whole lives, and this this is our team. So I think there's you know there's there's somewhat of an inherent bias there, uh, just because like. You, you, this is the team that you want to watch. You know what I mean? But at the same side, sometimes as fans, you know, we get, we get angry and we, we get super critical of the team. So I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What about you, Dan? When you, when you have to approach it, like, do you, when you're approaching, like writing about this team, do you, do you try and avoid, do you try and look at it as an objectively or do you, cause like I try to look at it just as from a fan viewpoint. Like I'm not going to ever try and tell somebody that I'm a, you know, a hardcore journalist on the beat. Well, so like I got my start writing on the internet just to do some quick background. 
uh, writing for a small website called Hickory High. We got picked up by some other sites, uh, Harvard Proxism. I started writing for Fan Sighted. Um, then, you know, I, I do power rankings for them, or I did last season. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it this season because I'm getting married. Um, so congrats. congrats to me. But uh, it's like I, when, when I was doing the power rankings, I was approaching the Nuggets objectively. When I write for the step back, which is part of the fan sided, uh, if I'm writing with the Nuggets, I do so objectively. But when I write for Denver Stiffs, I write for Denver Stiffs mostly as a fan. If I'm doing analysis or something, obviously I'm going to try to to write objectively. If it's analysis, you know, numbers or like predicting their win loss right. thing. But like even then, like I I want the Nuggets to win games. You know, like like you're saying, I, I'm a Nuggets fan. Like one of my earliest Nuggets memories is. One of their power forwards, I don't remember who it is, but dunking the basketball in his own hoop after getting a rebound from a free throw and just being like, wow, this team, they suck. <laughs> but <that's Right>. like, <laughs> like, I I don't know. I just kind of was like, well, they're my, I'm from Denver and this is my team. And so, right. um, like, when I think it's just such rubbish for people to criticize Denver Stiffs of not being critical of. An organization, um, you know, I I got banned from Pepsi Center for being too critical of them, and for clapping back at Wilson Chandler on Twitter. Um, we've written many times about how we think it's ridiculous that they don't have a G League team, that their right. their training facility is the size of like a high school gym. Like I bet you money, Valor Auxiliary gym. Like Valor Christian probably has a better basketball training complex than the Nuggets do. Um, like the Nuggets weight room is small. Like you could get a better weight room at like a CrossFit place. Like, you know, they they, they have to go to other states. They have to go to Creighton for their training camp because right, they Boulder, can't handle it. Right. right. Like they've got to go right, other places because they cannot. They can't have more than one game of basketball going on at one time. Right, because they don't have. They only have one full size court. Right. Uh, in their in their training facility and and. Yeah, like man, my high school gym was bigger than than the Nuggets training, training <laughs> like, like we, facility. We we are critical of them when we were critical of them when they traded for Mason Pumley, and then when they right, that was the one I wanted to bring like, up. There there have been many, and like some of us were supportive of it, and since then we've realized that that might have been a mistake, uh, and and criticized for them for that. Like we we've been critical of them when they've made decisions. Like if you watch the Facebook Live video of us on draft night when they traded the 13th <laughs> pick. Like I was, I was just, I was down in Calder Springs with Ashley and Gordon and Gordon. And I could barely keep it together. We were so just disappointed in the team. And, uh, I remember, <laughs> go ahead. I remember that night I was just dumbfounded when they made that trade. I was like, uh, that's really peculiar. <laughs> and like the Nuggets organization really tried to spin that as like, we were so close. We were trying to trade back up with other teams, and they said no. Toronto surprised us, and we were just like, "We're having none of that." Like your job is to be aware it's of these kind of surprised. situations and to not be surprised. And if you're getting surprised, right. it means you're bad at your job. And so, if anybody wants to be getting on us, be like, "Oh, you're just a mouthpiece for the Cronkies." Be like, "Well, and they need to either a get better control of us or b pay us more money because." of how good of a job we're doing. Um, but I, I, I don't see any evidence to support that claim. 
Right. No, I, I, I 100% agree. And I, the thing that I think about, especially from a fan perspective that, that some people don't necessarily see, is, is it's rarely as black and white as as you think it is, you know, with with anything within this within the organization and how it operates. So there, there is somewhat of a I think you, of a nuance that you kind of you learn as you get closer to the team uh, from covering them. And, and you get you come to a point where, where you it's it's not that we're not critical because like you pointed out, we, we definitely are. But you don't you don't have to come with like a fiery blasting hot take. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to be Skip Bayless to uh, uh, to get the point across. We don't that's, have to be Mark Kislev. We are <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I was say hopefully he's not listening, but I was like Mark Kislev. He's not, not listening. listening. <laughs> it's four o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. Mark's probably taking a nap. He's at winter um, park soaking in some sun. There you go. But that there that business go. model, if you want to see what being critical all the time does. Like that business model for the Denver Post is failing. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's their owners well, or their don't... style, but like, we Denver, Denver Stiffs does well. We get a lot of page views. We have a very active community that we're proud of. And we like to cultivate, and we love all the people that come to the site. You know, even the ones that are critical of us. But like, uh, you know, we we've got a good thing going. And sometimes that means we do puff pieces. Sometimes that means we are critical. But like, we're we're not. You know, we're not in the Cronkies pocket or anything. Right. And when the Nuggets do something correct, when they, for example, this off season, when you looked at this off season and all that they were able to accomplish and the moves that they made, it's, we weren't critical because it's, they don't deserve to be criticized for it. They've done well this off season. That's, you know, that, that's the way it goes. And that's, that was the very, uh, the, the, the gentleman who founded the site, Andy Feinstein, that was always his point. Because if you remember, he founded the site as it was called firegeorgecarl.com. <laughs> and everybody always tried to say, oh, see, they well, look what they used to be. But I've been reading, I was reading Andy when he first started this site. And I've been, been a member of the community, you know, from the, from its inception and then became, eventually became a writer for the site. And, and I could tell you that, that his philosophy from the very beginning was that when they deserve to be criticized, you criticize them. And when they deserve to be praised, you praise them. That's how it, that's how you're supposed to do it. You gave that you, you criticize the losses, you give credit for the wins and, and, and you bounce it out. I mean, and so you can't just, you can't just be like you said, an overly, all the time, just constantly critical person. That's not a, that, that sounds like a terrible, a terrible way to do this job. And when I gain no, no enjoyment or fulfillment out of it whatsoever, but B it's just not, like I said, it's just not a good, I don't even want to say business model because clearly we don't have a good business model. We're all, <laughs> you know, none of us are making any money doing this, oh, yeah, but, um, job. but also like, <laughs> right, right. I think the last thing you wanted to say too, I don't, I think we're running close on time, but, uh, a fan's voice and opinion, like we, in the in this in 2018, we carry almost just as much weight as a blogger or reporter. Like we don't have exclusives. Right. You know, we're not not all of us on Denver Stiffs are, you know, in contact with members of the Nuggets organization. But like we, our opinion is important, and uh, you can be sure that the members in the Nuggets organization are reading Denver Stiffs daily. Uh, that Michael Malone knows what we write about and i don't know if he can say that for all the other sites but i do know that uh that they know and they are aware of what gets published on dismerstiffs.com every single day that's right so um if you're listening 
for a thousand dollars a week, I will totally shill for you guys all day long. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I I will uh, sell out. <laughs> in a heartbeat. Uh, all right. Well, that is it. We are out of time here on the pundits. Um. If you guys are on Twitter, make sure you're following us. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Dan is at Minuteman. Dan, uh, of course, follow at Denver Stiffs. And then Nothing But Nut Radio, which is at NBN-Radio. On Instagram, if you're checking out Instagram first, go check out how shredded Vladko Chanchar is. But then make sure you're following us on uh, at, at the Denver Stiffs. Also on, on Facebook, and so if you're over there, give us a follow, give us a like. There is always kind of unique content on those other platforms that you're not necessarily going to find on the website itself, so you always want to make sure you're following all those social media sites. Um, and then if you are listening to the podcast version of this, first of all, why are you not listening to the Nothing But Net Radio uh, on the Dash Radio app? You can download it on your phone, listen to it in your car, listen to it at work, wherever catch shows just like this one for every single team in the NBA. Also some general NBA shows and some good music in between. So definitely we're checking out, download the dash radio app uh, and tune it to the nothing but net channel. But if for any reason you uh, did not do that, because even though I tell you guys every week to do it um, and you're listening to the podcast version of this, then we would appreciate it if you left a rating and subscribed. Alrighty, Dan, appreciate you being on, man. Tell I love you. All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon.